Welcome to the Journey Living Podcast, where we take on the real life topics while inspiring you toward hope and healing in God's Word. Join Pastor Mark Bird along with speaker, Christian life coach, Shannon Meyer, as they guide you through a roadmap, gaining fresh vision and inspiration for going forward on your journey, encouraging you to run your race with endurance that is set before you. Hey friends, welcome back to Journey Living. My name is Mark Bird. I am in the studio once again with Shannon Meyer, and we're coming to you again to bring you another thing that God is speaking today. And Shannon, what do we have on the docket for today? Well, hey, Mark, it's good to be with you and all of our faithful listeners. And today I want to pose this question. This is a famous verse, probably one many of our listeners know, and we can turn it out of our tongues so quickly when things are going awry um, for someone. It's Romans 8, 28, that God works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. But the question I want to pose to each one of us today, because I know there's some people out there so tired, so weary, they're in some, some struggles, some battles, and it has not been easy. And maybe someone is asking this, does God really, really work it all out for my good? I mean, there's some big tragedies that people are facing right now, Mark. In the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of loss of life. We've seen not only from COVID, but just rioting and shootings and just hatred and just pouring out into the streets all across the world. And so many times I think even in an evil situation, how God are you ever going to bring good out of this? So I want to encourage the listener today who is like, I don't see any way. There is no way. I know what Romans 8.28 says, but I don't see any way at all how God is going to turn all of this for good for me, my family, for our circumstance, for our church, wherever. How is God going to do that? And so is the question that we pose today really a truthful promise? And, and I know that's kind of an oxymoron to say, is the promise that God is going to work it all out for us in Romans 8.28? Mark, is that really, really true? Or are we just hoping that he works it all out for us. So let's talk about that today. Does God really work it all out? For and I good? think, I think it's a fair question. Shannon, this program, we want to get real. We right? do. We want to be real and, and we want to really talk about those issues, even what we would call church issues that maybe you're afraid to ask. And maybe you don't feel like you can even ask God certain questions. Right. But in my experience, Shannon, I've asked God lots of questions in my experience, right? Because it's a relationship. And Shannon, as I read the Bible, we've talked about this in a lot of different episodes. Uh, you talk about, you look at the men and women of God in the Bible, and they had conversation with God with questions. So I don't think it's wrong to ask that question, but here's what I love, Shannon, and you know this about me by now, that I'm a man of context. Right. Very <laughs> right? much so. so. That's why so, you're yeah, here. We pull, out, <laughs> we pull out verse 28 and I go, okay, here's what it says. And like, wow, is that really true? Here's what I've learned, Shannon, in my life. Uh, as you and I both experienced all kinds of ups and downs in our own personal lives right. and in our ministry lives as well. And can we truly still say that God is good? Mm, good question. Shannon, with what you've struggled with, you and Scott, mm -hmm. like, can you still say God is good? Absolutely. Right. He is and, still good. So right. good. 
And, and I read this quote yesterday. You'll love this, Shannon. I don't know why I'm sharing this today, but I read this quote yesterday. And it said, Christianity is not just worshiping God. It's learning how to love Judas. Yes. Well, very much so. And I was like, okay, so do we all have Judases? We yes. do. And, and the question remains, okay, is God really good? Well, if we have Judases in our lives, like, doesn't God know that? He wouldn't send us Judases, would he? But the truth is, and this is what I wanted to take you to, again, in context, this is still in Romans 8, but I'm jumping down to verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, nakedness or peril or sword? So these are things that you would mark the life of someone who is struggling. Right. All of those things, right? And it's, it's not an exhaustive list, Shannon, as you and I both know. But you know what? Are we able to be separated from that love of Christ? Is it because God's not good? Yeah, no. No, he is good. But I'm taken to another scripture that says, in this life, Jesus promised us this. In this life, you shall have tribulation. Yeah. Right. Not like, uh, well, you might run into trouble here or there. No, it's almost a promise. You're going to get it. Who wants to grasp that and embrace it? None of us do. But he, he told us you'll have tribulation. Does that not mean that God is good? Yeah, that is so good, Mark. And I have to think about I, I want to go back to your Judas statement, because I, I think so many times as Christians, and I, I've thought this, like, I, and I don't know where it comes from. Like, once we become Christians, I think we're going to live in rainbows and unicorns. And like, I've accepted Christ, so he's going to make it all glorious. Listen, when you become a Christian, when you accept Christ into your heart, it is like all of hell now comes against oh, you. Oh, amen. Because now you're a threat to the demonic world. And maybe your life was great before, and you're like, I don't get it. Like I accepted Christ. I got baptized and my marriage fell apart. My kids fell apart. My job fell apart. Yeah. Everything just went awry. And because now you have be entered into the supernatural world of the kingdom of God and Satan is like, I am going to come after you and come to only kill, steal and destroy. Like, like you said a minute ago, Jesus forewarns us. He tells us, and it's not to have a broken nail or, you know, car got a flat tire today. No, the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy John 10, 10. But so many times we forget that other side of 10 B is, but I have come to give you life into the full. So we're always in this, let's say, contrast of good and evil. God will always be good and Satan will always be evil. And That's because right. we live in a fallen world, don't you think, Mark, yes. that it's always in this, I think of it as an explosion. It's always just, you know, coming together, the good and evil. And it's just, they, they can't live together. So there's going to be that contention. There will be war, but God is still good. God was good to Jesus in the midst of his 33 years here. And, and I think about the Judas statement that Jesus walked with Judas those three years knowing, knowing he was going to send him up the river. He paid the price to have him crucified. Judas was there to see the miracles. Jesus, Judas was there to watch him heal and to love. And I, and I wonder, you know, at what point did things go wrong with Judas? We know that 
enemy entered in or came about that way through him. But Jesus was still doing good things in really hard times with a prostitute, with a demoniac, but he also was doing good things in the church where things were wrong. He was settling the score. He was making things right 2,000 years ago. Right. He spoke to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and called them whitewashed tombstones. He went into the temple and said, you know, flipping tables, you brood of vipers. There was all this negative that was happening, but God continues to manifest his kingdom, moving it forward. He did it through Jesus. He's going to do it through us. But that does not mean that we are not going to be met with opposition. Until Jesus returns, there is evil in this world. And because of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, that's just a consequence we have to face. And I think where we struggle as Christians is, well, if I become a Christian and God is good, then my world should never be rocked. And I think that's just lie of the enemy. Don't you, Mark? Yeah, I do. And you know, it's funny, Shannon, and the Holy Spirit always ends up directing us in a oh, way yes. in this. So and fun. all of a sudden I'm starting to see the thread here again, because I'm taken to Matthew chapter five, and you may not think that this fits uh, what is being talked about today, but it so does. And once again, I want to ver- focus on Matthew five. I want to focus on verse 45, but because I'm a guy of context and I looked at verse 44 and I'm like, okay, this fits exactly what we're talking about, Shannon. And again, these are red letters. These are the words of Jesus. But he said, I say to you, love your enemies, mm-hmm. bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now, it's in that Judas line. Shana, we didn't plan to talk about this. But listen to what I want to say, which fits the original theme verse of Romans 8, 28. And this is Matthew 5, 45, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. Of course, we would say, I want to be that. Right, Shannon? But here's what he says. For he makes the sun rise on the evil Mm -hmm. and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust. So I did a I did a sermon on this years ago, Shannon, where uh, it, it's very similar to this in nature. And it was like, well, how can you say God is good? Or how can good things happen to bad people or vice versa? Right. You know, mm-hmm. how can bad things happen to good people? Because that's what Christians ask a lot. And so the question is like, how can that be? Well, right here, the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. You know, he, we are his children. Right. Right. And he loves us all. And you know what? He sends the sun. He sends the rain, but he sends it upon all of us. And it's how we react. Shannon, I think that's what this boils down to today. What do we do when people persecute us? What do we do when people hate us? Shannon, what do we do when people attack us seriously? Right. And the Bible's promises that's going to happen more and more as we see the end time coming. But the question remains, Shannon, is God still good in it? Yeah, I, he definitely is. And I think when, if we go back to Romans eight twenty eight, our key verse today, it says, we know that in all things, and I have all circled in my Bible, God works for the good. Here's where I think we miss, leave this part of the few words here, of those who love him. So many times we'll just say, well, God's going to work all things out together for my good. Now it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. 
For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he may be the first among, born among many brothers. Those that he chose to adopt in his family. It's saying here that he already knew, he foreknew yes. who he was going to adopt and choose. But I think when we flippantly say, oh, God's going to work all things out together for his good. And I heard a sermon on this one time. This is the section that's left out most of all is of those who love him. Right. Mark, is this a prerequisite then to this verse? Because if you don't love him, if you're not living for him, are all things going to work out for your good? Well, I think it boils down to hope. And, and this is interesting, Shannon, because part of my answer for this question is that very thing. So I, I'm taken uh, once again in the book of Romans to chapter two, and I want to read this uh, just a couple verses here. Love must be sincere. Mm -hmm. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And here's where I want to get to. Verse 12, Shannon. Romans 2, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Because Shannon... These tribulations will come. Mm -hmm. They are promised. They will happen. And so what Paul is exhorting the church to do here is be faithful in prayer because he said, be patient in affliction. But here's the first part. And you're talking about Shannon. What about those who love God? And this answers that, in my opinion, it says, be joyful in hope. So the difference is, Shannon, between those who love God and those who don't. And my son asked me this question last night. Shannon, my, my son, who's in his early 20s, he said, what do people do? What do they go to or what do they cling on to? when tribulations come, he says, I can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. He said, what do they have to hold on to? And I said, that's why our, our world, our culture is so messed up because they don't have the hope. Yeah. And don't you think they're slipping away? Like, you know, think about, you've seen it on a movie where someone's hanging on the side of a cliff and they've hung on, they've hung on and they're tiring or, you know, someone's holding them. I, I just watched the guardian, the Kevin Costner, you know, the coast yeah. guard and he's <laughs> holding on and their fingers just pull away, you know, and they're losing that hope. And finally the glove comes off and, and all is lost. And I think that's where we are in a state, the world, we have put our hope in sports. We have put our hope in our houses and our jobs and our pedigrees and our college degrees and all of those things were shook to the core, I think, especially during the COVID pandemic. And God is saying, listen, there is nothing to hope in but me. I mean, Mark, you and I know, Jill, your wife is a nurse. And it's funny what became essential and what no longer was essential. Like we would have, I bet if you'd have told us six months prior to that, all churches are going to be shut down. Like the whole entire world's going to be shut down. You and I would have looked at each other and went, you're crazy. Yeah, right. But, right. And I can remember I was in working at school and I said, I can see a day and age. And this was probably a year and a half before COVID. I said, I can see a day and age coming where there's not going to be a brick and mortar. And the principal there is like, oh no. He said, that'll never be because of our sports, because we are such sports fanatic. Fast forward to COVID, there was no school. 
There was no ball games. There was no church. There was no stores. There was no restaurants. Nothing was open. Remember, we were to be put away. We were to stay safe. And the world shut down, meaning that I think the things we think were important are no longer. And so if you aren't grounded in what you're saying in hope, and that was shaken, and my husband and I talk about this all the time, how do people make it? How are people making it? And, And they're not. We're seeing this huge influx of of suicide and, you know, pills and drinking and, and just sickness and depression and anxiety. Anxiety medicine is being taken like candy now. Um, that's everybody's first diagnosis is that your anxiety or your depression. And it's like there is nothing to hold on to. So they're in that grip of they're hanging on to the glove, but they can feel yes. it. it. It's slipping. Amen. And so those of us who hope in Christ know that it's going to be tough. But in Romans 8, 28 and on goes on to say, because you're more than conquerors. And that is our hope. And if you study that, that is not a position to work toward to become a conqueror. Right. That is from the conquered standpoint. Is that correct, Mark? Perfect. That we are to live from the conquered state onward. So you and I are already conquerors in Christ. Those of us who are followers of Christ, believers who are listening to this, you're, I used to think you became more than a conqueror. It was a Mm. a becoming. No, you are, you are the conqueror. Now go live that out. Like it's kind of like when our youth go to military, they, they're a private, you know, they go and they 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 13 weeks. I spent a week with the making of the Marines a phenomenal, just, just learned so much watching them. They broke them down, completely broke them down and built them back up into machines. They became, they became the conquerors in which are going to defend our country. God is saying in here in Romans, I believe is you are at that militant state of completion with him. He is in you. We are more than conquerors. We are the SEAL team. We are the elitist. We are those Marines that have gone through boot camp and hell week and infantry infantry training. And we've been to desert storm. We have all the goods that God has equipped us with through Jesus. Now go live it out. And yes, you're going to encounter war. Yes, you're going to have tribulation. But, and not every battle is won. No. But the war is going to be won with Christ. And so... I think if we can get a hold of not focusing on, well, when something bad happens, God's not good. Yeah, he's still he good. good. We just live in a fallen world and we can claim those promises and be in a good state of mind, emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, when we rest in the hope in Christ. You know, Shannon, just this is a real recent testimony, if you will. We were doing a night of worship super recently and uh, we were outside and we were praising the Lord and we were praying for people and uh, we gave an altar call for people to come up to get prayed for people that were struggling with different things. And I think it's interesting that you said, because this pretty sizable group of young people, we would say they're young people, Mm -hmm. Shannon, they came up and you know what the number one prayer request was in that line? What? Pray for me because I'm suicidal and I'm depressed. That's right. And and could they say, standing there, and, and we asked this question, Shannon, can you say God is good? And they said, mm, I don't think I can. 
Right. And so that's exactly, this is a real life example. Shannon, it just happened last weekend. It's a real life example of what you're talking about today. And if you can't say God is good, it doesn't mean that we're saying shame on you. No. It means that first of all, you're not alone. But second of all, we want to remind you that you are, you already are more than a conqueror. What you just shared, Shannon, that's verse 37. We're still in Romans 8, <laughs> which is so power packed. And verse 38 says, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord and I'd like to add it's not in there Shannon this is Mark's adding because God is good yes that is so so good Mark and I think when we hold on to the hope that you're talking about when we live in the state of Christ being the center of our life and regardless it says the mountains are going to fall away you know the skies are going to rumble we are not going to be exempt from what is happening and and I look back Honestly, Mark, and I, maybe it's just the media and how we have crisis at our fingertips every two seconds, which puts us in this state of panic. Yes. Which is so unhealthy. Please turn off your news medias. Yes, <laughs> please, yeah. Please. Do yourself a favor. You know, I this is interesting. I learned this a year or so ago by this, and I just will plug this in. Um, just some trivia for you. Because we live in this constant state of crisis, because it's always being on our phones and notifications, there's a, there's a tsunami in Sri Lanka, there's a volcano erupting in Egypt. I mean, you know, there's a shooting in Texas, everything. It's always, you know, and my husband gets him and he's like, Oh no, Oh no, there's this, I'm like, please turn that off. But here's what it does. So God created us to be, have fight or flight. Every human being has that. If you go back to the beginning ages and they talked about the caveman before a civilized society, when God gave that, that is a built-in mechanism for us. When there is crisis, we are to fight, right? Yes, we are yes. to fight, fight or flee, fight or flight. Well, now we have become in this fight or flight state of being 24-7. Wow. This takes our brain back to the caveman thinking process. Ooh which is so very sad because we're so established, we're so civilized. It is putting us into that fight or flight all the time. Why are everyone's adrenal glands shot? Mm. <laughs> you know, because wow. we stay in this constant, like hype, 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 hype. Everything is happening. It's all happening. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I kind of had to get off the watching of the food shortage. I know it's coming. Yep. I've heard it is. But I also have seen media post in such a way that makes us so fearful. I saw uh, a picture of my daughter's like, mom, look at all these cattle are dead. And the post is, why do you think all these cattle are laying dead? Well, they look like they've all been struck by lightning. And I know that can happen where lightning strikes and they just all are killed in an immediate thing. But they pose it as there's going to be no meat. There's, you know, and it's this constant fear. fear. Yes. It's such a fear driven tactic. Listen, there's a verse in the Bible that says God's children will never beg for bread. That's right. And so when I start hearing about the food shortages, am I preparing? I was going to go lock, stock and barrel and load my, my basement and my pantry. 
I thought, I'm not doing this craziness. Right. I am not doing this craziness. I'm not going to go wipe shelves off. You know what happened with toilet paper right. and COVID. Because it just takes one day to then put everybody in mass hysteria. I don't want to be a part of it. Am I going to be prepared? I am. But I believe in something so much greater that God is going to provide for me. He's going to take care of me. Are there times of leanness? Yes. You and I both know there's times of lean. Right. Is there time of plenty? Yes, there's time of plenty. I believe when we're fattened up, there's a time to have all the fat cut off. Come on. I think there's a time for America to be leaned out. We yeah. are a lazy, sloppy society. Ooh. We need to be disciplined. We need to be leaned out and, and not have all this fluff and stuff. But I'm also not going to be caught up in the world's depiction of doom and gloom. Because right. what you just said above all, and you added it to the end of the scripture, which is, is so true. God is good. He is period. God is good in war. God is good in a tsunami. God is still good in death. He's still good in cancer. He's God is good with the loss of a child. God is good in financial ruin. God is good with a house catching on fire. Fill in your blank. God is good. Shannon, so I have to, this is me. I got to put a cherry on top of that thing real quick. So Psalm 89 and verse 14, real simple, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. So if there's any question about whether or not God is good, right here it is. Yep. That one verse. But let me leave the listeners with this, Shannon. Okay. Go and, and if, if you're able to write this down, and I want you to read it because it's an entire chapter, but I'm not going to read it to you, but that's your homework assignment. Psalm 136. Psalm 136. It starts out like this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Good. For his mercy endures forever. And Shannon, the whole entire psalm, the whole entire chapter here in this particular context talks about that. For God is good and his mercy endures forever. And you know what, Shannon? I know some songs that have been written where they repeat that over and over mm -hmm. and over. Because why? Because we need to hear it. That's right. And Shannon, when you're in the midst of the tribulation, I've done this myself personally, Shannon. I've turned to Psalm 136 and I start to read it out loud. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Because why? I need reminded. And is it true? It's absolutely true. It's the word of God, Shannon. It is the truth of God. Amen. I think that's an amazing place to stop today. We just want to thank all of our listeners who have joined in with us here today. I hope this inspired you to dig deep into the word. That's our hope here at Journey Living. Mark is such a great teacher, and I think he has challenged us with some great scripture today. So be sure to go. Don't let this just go in one ear and out the other. Go home. When you get home at work, wherever, look these scriptures up. Get into God's word and know that he is good. Mm -hmm.